Hi, my name is Adam Bergman. I'm a partner with the IRA Financial Group, also founder of the IRA Financial Trust Company, a self-record IRA custodian. Today I'm going to discuss uh, the cost behind the rollover business startup solution, or ROBS, and, and really address um, you know, a lot of the questions I get from, from potential clients or uh, individuals who are interested in learning more about ROBS. And, and one of the things they ask is, uh, why is it so expensive? And um, with fees ranging from you know thirty five hundred to five thousand uh, dollars, I get the question: What's behind the costs, and, and why is a self directed IRA or a solo four hundred one k, you know, a third of the price, sometimes less? What makes the Rob's uh, solution so expensive? And there, there's a couple reasons that it, it should cost more than an IRA or four hundred one k, but it probably shouldn't cost as much as you think. And um, and I think the reason for that are obviously uh, numerous, but let, let's take a step back and discuss what the ROBS or rollover business solution is so we can then address w- what the costs are based off. So number one, there's a number of steps that uh, are involved in setting up this rollover business startup solution. Uh, by way of background, the rollover business startup solution is a way that one can use their retirement money to uh, invest in a business that themselves or a disqualified person are personally involved in. Uh, however, if an IRA was used or a 401k without a C corporation, it would likely trigger a prohibited transaction under Internal Revenue Code Section 4975. And it's been a, a recent tax court case, Ellis v. Commissioner, that uh, addressed this for an individual um, using an IRA to buy a stock in a C corp. Uh, C-Corp is owned 100% by an IRA, and it triggered a prohibitive transaction, and we'll see why in a minute. So let's talk about the steps. Number one, a C-Corp is set up, and it's generally set up in the state where the business will be formed, although it could be stated, set up in a different state like Delaware or Nevada or Wyoming, and then, and then that entity would register the business in the state where the actual business would be conducted. So that's the first step, and, and there's a cost for obviously establishing the company and drafting the bylaws and uh, resolutions and that fee, uh, you know, obviously varies on who you use. The second step is adopting a 401k plan for the business, and uh, generally the 401k plan uh, needs to allow for the purchase of qualified employer securities, which means that the 401k plan must allow for in its documentation the 401k to buy stock in a C corp, and not every plan allows for it. Um, and it's not just any stock in C Corporation. It's not Apple or IBM stock, but it's stock in the company that established the plan. So if we set up a company and call it Nuco, and Nuco adopted a 401k plan, the plan documents must allow for the Nuco 401k to buy stock in Nuco, and that's called Qualified Employer Securities. The, the reason that's so important is under 4975D13, and D, like David, uh, provides exemptions to the prohibitive transaction rules 4975C is in Charlie. Uh, one uh, exemption under D13 allows for a 401k to buy qualified employer securities or corporate stock of its adopting employer without triggering a prohibited transaction. And that's really the heart of this whole ROP solution. It takes advantage of that exception and allows someone to use their retirement money through a 401k to buy stock in a C corp in which they or a disqualified person or an employee are involved in personally. So, you know, there's certainly a, a lot of chatter and controversy about this structure. Uh, it is legal based off uh, provision of the tax code. Um, the IRS has looked at it pretty closely all the way back to, I, I would think, mid-2000s. 2008, they 
issued a memorandum. It's available on our website or online, which really outlines some of their, their concerns. Uh, a number of them are you know, compliance uh, issues, not offering 401k plan benefits to employees, setting up the 401k for the sole purpose of the stock transaction, uh, not having it being used by employees. So it lacks permanency. The, the issue of actual business assets being purchased, are people using it just as a way to suck money out of their retirement account without paying a distribution tax? Um, and are they actually buying business assets? Um, you know, the value of these assets, what's actually being purchased. Uh, so those are a number of things that they're concerned about. I think overall what really concerns them is that, unfortunately, you know, not every startup business is successful. I mean, the, the SBA numbers are pretty much, you know, 50 to 60% of all new businesses fail. So the IRS is looking at this not, you know, not simply from your perspective but also from their perspective, and they're saying, hey – we let you take a tax deduction or let you grow your money tax-free in a Roth account. Um, and in the case of a pre-tax retirement account, we expect you to eventually pay tax on some of that money when you're at least seven years old. And that's called requirement of distribution or prior if you want. Now, if you took your retirement money and you bought traditional investments, the stock market may go up or down. But it's, like, it's unlikely you're going to put all your money in a company like Enron or Bear Stearns or Lehman and lose everything. It's more common that you'll, you're not going to lose everything you have. Whereas if you took all your retirement money and invested in a franchise and, and you got wiped out and lost everything, well, you didn't just lose your retirement money. The IRS lost you know, maybe 20 30% of that money in tax revenue. So that's something they're obviously concerned about because retirement account distributions add a lot of um, you know, substance to treasury and tax revenue collection, and they depend on it. So that's you know primary concern the IRS has. But getting back to the subject at hand, you have the cost of the of the formation of the C corp and the cost of the four hundred one k. Obviously, you need to have documents that work, allow for the qualified employer securities, and work with a professional uh, team a group that can explain you the docs and navigate help you navigate through this. Third process is open a bank account for for the company in the four hundred one k, which you, know, you generally can do on your own, so it's not a cost issue. The next is the rollover process, which is basically filing a piece of paper with the institution that has your money now, your retirement money, and uh, allowing that money to roll over tax-free to the new 401k. The next part is papering the, the purchase of stock by the 401k of the C-Corp. So you have resolutions, uh, the bylaws, of course, the resolution, stock purchase agreement, stock certificates, a ledger, um, some you know, generic corporate transaction documents that are not overly complicated. Uh, the final step is is getting a value on the assets being purchased, and that's a little bit difficult because in most cases, you know, the, the former case is buying a new a new co. It's buying a, a new company with not a lot of goodwill, no customer base, tangibles, uh, customer list. So you generally are valuing the assets of what you're buying. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars that you move from the four hundred one k to the C corp. C corp buying a franchise, which consists of you know eighty thousand dollars and twenty thousand dollars in equipment. You know, most appraisals will will list the assets at a hundred thousand because the, there's no you know goodwill and ongoing business relationship or customer base. It's hard to, to add any value or have a discount. So, uh, but generally the the RISA rules require that anytime a four hundred one k by qualified employer securities, it's first value, fair market value. So. We, we have an independent person, and most companies get an independent party to value that and through a letter, an appraisal letter. So that's another cost. So basically, um, 
from the setup perspective, there's three costs. There's the corporation, the 401k, and the appraisal letter. I, I grouped the bylaws and resolutions, stock purchase, stock certificates, along with the corporate formation because they're very generic documents. You don't need a, you know, a, a major law firm to do it for you. Um, it, it's not overly complicated. And then on an ongoing basis, there is a cost for administering the plan, um, obviously uh, doing any plan testing that's required, doing administration, and, of course, filing a 5500 each year, uh, which is required for the 401k plan. Even if the plan is less than 250000 the 5500 is still required because the purchase of qualifying employer securities will require the 5500 to be filed and not the EZ. A lot of people think they can file the EZ with the ROBS, but it's not accurate because the instructions clearly state that if you're buying qualifying employer securities, you have to file the full form 5500, even if you're a, a sole owner employee and uh, you have less than 250. So those are really the costs. Now, the ongoing fees don't have to be super expensive because most of these plans are all safe harbor plans. And a safe harbor plan is basically a plan that states, well, if you, if you make minimum matching contributions to uh, employees that are participating, generally 3%, you don't have to do all this complicated testing because uh, the IRS feels that those um, you know, the highly comps are taking care of the, the low comp employees. And uh, now the highly comps can put in as, what, as much as they want because uh, the little guys are being taken care of. And that's the whole concept behind Safe Harbor, which came out in the 90s. And it's very common for, for uh, small uh, business plans. Uh, you know, IRA Financial Group, we have a Safe Harbor in our 401k plan for our employees. And most of the companies we work with have Safe Harbors because it takes away a lot of the uncertainty and keeps costs down. So overall, you're looking at C-Corp establishment and, and documents, the 401k, uh, the appraisal letter, and then on an annual basis, administration and record keeping. Now, it's hard. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know the fee should be you know X or Y, but I, I really don't think that the fees need to be four, five, six thousand dollars. I think uh, you, you should be paying somewhere you know between you know twenty eight hundred and thirty five hundred. I think that's fair. Um, you know, if you can do it for less, you should do it. Um, especially if you already have a C corporation formed. Now all you need is a 401k and an appraisal letter. Um, to me, that, that shouldn't cost you know, an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, I'd be worried if you paid 100 bucks because uh, you do need professionals, and it's not necessarily the documents you're paying for as well. You're paying for the expertise to help you navigate through the process. But I don't think you need to pay 4500 or $5,000 for this or 6000 I know some people are charging that, uh, and that's fine. And you could pay that. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I don't think you have to. Um, depending on what group or firm you're using, uh, the prices vary. We're maybe on the low end because we think it's 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 unreasonable and uh, to have a startup spend, you know, you know if you're using a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to be spending you know five uh, percent of your money on on setup fees. We think that's a little bit much. Um, so our fees are, are closer to the low end of that. Uh, and you, of course, get all the for, uh, corp four one k establishment appraisal letter annual. Compliance, depending on the employees, uh, you know, generally run between 750 and 1500. Um, it, it's it's not a really ongoing uh, compliance uh, uh, feature on on the annual compliance service because it's if Safe Harbor, as long as you're doing the match, you're going to be in compliance. You don't need to be doing testing every week. So I, you know, I think there's there's rooms to be flexible for some of these companies. And you know, as a consumer, you, you want to ask around, do your diligence. But don't feel like you're forced into paying five, six thousand dollars for a structure, because as I mentioned, you got really four 
moving parts. You got the C Corp, which isn't, you know, there's companies like LegalZoom, there are, and a lot of uh, business formation companies that are doing that stuff, not overly complicated. 401k, obviously, it's a little bit more uh, specialized because you need the right documents and, and experts that can help you navigate them. The corporate documentation, the bylaws, resolutions, stock purchase, stock certificates, pretty basic stuff. And then the appraisal letter, which you know, ties into all that, is a little bit more specialized. So, um, you know, that's really what the costs are involved. Um, it's really not the most complicated structure. A lot of people try to make it very complicated. It's not. Uh, you gotta, you got to be aware of compliance. Uh, respectful of compliance, understand where the IRS is coming in on this. Um, but there's, there's, I don't think a need to spend a whole lot of money on it, um, it because it's, it's not super complicated. Um, anyways, I wrote a book on this called Turning Retirement Funds into Startup Dreams, Financing and Retirement Funding Options. If you're a startup business, it's available on Amazon or Barnes & Nobles. It's pretty inexpensive. I think it's under 10 bucks. And it's about 275 pages, and there's about 100 pages on this Rob. So it may be worth looking into. It kind of gives you a good overview of how it works, some of the issues the IRS has on it, some of the controversy, complexities involved. Uh, and, and it may be a good start for someone thinking about using retirement money to buy a business through a uh, Rob solution. Uh, anyways, um, do your research. I mean, it may not be best for everyone. Sometimes taking a distribution is your best bet. The Robs does have some downsides. It's not my favorite solution, but it does work in, in certain instances, and it, it is legal uh, if done right. Um, definitely read the IRS memorandum, October 2008. Uh, it's on our website. It's about 15 pages, and I think well, well worth the read. With the well worth the read, and um, and do your research, ask questions, talk to groups, uh, ask around, and if you're going to do it, you know, look at pricing because uh, you know probably want to use all your startup fees uh, and costs associated with your business on, on you know, simple formation establishment structures. Uh, Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Hope you found the podcast helpful, insightful, and thanks for listening. Till next time.